when you pick up a pen, they go, oh, you might want to use a pencil or you might like the spoon. And those little things are just constant because it's not just about one thing. It's about everything. Family man, yeah. Welcome to the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. This is the show where we remind dads of what's most important. I'm your host, Scott Moore. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Scott, it is busy, busy, busy. I think I said that last week, um, but You're it just feels busy. that way. We are in the busy season, and uh, I don't handle it quite as well as I used to. Uh, but we were in Round Rock, Texas uh, last weekend, and uh, we're leaving today, starting the trip over to Kansas City, Kansas. Or Kansas City, Missouri. I'm not sure which Kansas I'm going to, but one of those Kansas cities for another uh, homeschool event. It should be a lot of fun if you're in the area. Uh, stop by the MPE Homeschool Convention out by the Casey Expo Center, I think it's called. Um, but it should be good. Met a lot of great dads at the Round Rock event. I was talking to, have you ever heard of, you've heard of Mennonites, right, Scott? Yes. Do you have Mennonites in Cincinnati? I mean. Yeah. At the yeah, homeschool you know, convention, they show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're <laughs> right, actually right. in Cincinnati, but yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's so many different levels. In fact, I live up where there are a lot of Amish and there are a lot of Mennonites because they're they're related, you know. Mm-hmm. And they always say, so are you Goshen College Mennonite or Salem Church Mennonite, which are the two extremes? You know, like uh, Salem Church is pretty conservative. You know, you would tell by their clothing that they're conservative. And uh, Goshen Colleges and Goshen College is wicked. Uh, I mean, they're just <laughs> terrible. Um, and so, you know, they like to find the extremes. Well, while I was down in uh, Round Rock, Texas. That might be the kind that listen to podcasts, though. That's okay. Well, you <laughs> don't go to go to Goshen College. <laughs> That's okay. We're good with that. And there's all in between, like every other denomination. But while I was in Round Rock, I met Mexican Mennonites, and it just like blows me away. You know that, and I'm like, oh, I asked, and actually, one of the listeners, Herb, Herbs, uh, or Herbert, uh, he listens to the show. Probably listening right now. And uh, I asked him, you know, this is like a, such an insensitive question. Uh, I said, so are you a mission? Were you a missionary kid? And he said, no, he goes, but I'm asked that all the time. That's like asking a tall person. So were you a basketball player? <laughs> you know, um, and uh, it's really fascinating. There are like 80,000 Mennonites and it's like a community. And uh, he and his friend uh, Francisco they both showed me immediately showed me pictures on Google. If you look up Mexican Mennonite and you know, they look kind of Amish, uh, but not quite as uniform, you know, Amish kind of look all the same and we can make fun of Amish because they don't listen to our podcast, (laughs) but they were kind of like, you know, straw hats, uh, brightly colored clothing, very plain home, you know, but Herbert herbs, he didn't look that way. They just were like, (laughs) Herbs, you look normal. Um, and uh, 
but it was really fun to to talk to him and the whole community like i don't know if the whole community but it started from mennonites in in canada moved down to mexico and they've been living there for a long time and uh so he's a canadian citizen a mexican citizen and he speaks german in his house mm. is that not the weirdest thing <laughs> and herbs i mean weird in a good way weird in a good way i, I suppose um, it's it was, no weirder than an italian immigrant speaking italian in the, in america you know no it'd be an italian immigrant in america speaking french oh okay <laughs> i'm a little slow this morning that's <laughs> <laughs> okay um but while i was there i was able to take advantage of a uh company called the round rock donut company i don't know if it says it's just called round rock donuts at the lone star bakery uh, i had heard i saw on the internet that they have some giant donuts i mean big donuts and they've been around since 1926. So I told everybody in my first session, I said, hey, anybody going to Round Rock Donut? And this guy said, we are. I said, can you bring me a donut back? He said, just a regular donut? I said, no, the big one. The big donut costs $12. It is as big as a hubcap. <laughs> um, I will post a picture on the Family Man Weekly. And it was delicious. I ate the entire thing. Not in one sitting. It took me about 24 hours to eat it. Wow. But it had a, a weird kind of glaze, a yellowish glaze to it. And, you know, sometimes you get a glazed donut and they're not, they're okay, but they're just kind of dry. Mom always said, don't eat the yellow glazed donut. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this was moist all the way through. It was, as my son Sam used to say, goo-licious. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. But now we're packing up, getting ready to leave today. And I just I just don't have that bounce back like I used to. Mm. And then yesterday, yesterday was a hard day at the Wilson house, Scott. What happened? It was hard. And you've gone through this, and I know lots of dads have. But yesterday, my my normal morning routine is I get up. I'm one of the first ones up, probably the first one up. And in case you think it's super early, it's not. It's like 7.15, 7.30. And I get up and I go and let the dog out. And then I go to the bathroom and I clean up a little bit, you know. And then about, oh, 15, 20 minutes later, I go and let the dog back in. Well, yesterday I went out about 10 minutes later and I went out and gave my dasher whistle that, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And called him. And he didn't always come right away. I mean, he's he's out there in the woods or in the neighbor's yard that he's not supposed to be. And I'm kind of doing the scan cause he's, he's white and he's fluffy. And I see this white bag over on the road that mm. I think is a bag or a pile of snow. And, uh, I'm like, Oh no. And I walk over and it was him. Mm. Uh, so Dasher died yesterday I'm and sorry. you know, it's, and if you've heard me talk on the show, you know I'm not a dog fan. I wasn't even a Dasher fan. I'm sorry for your kids and your family, not oh. you. Oh, and really, it just it strikes me. Mm. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. The whole day was hard. Maggie had just gone off to school, and we decided not to tell her until she got home at five because we thought she'll cry, and we don't want her driving when she's crying, and 
so we waited and but it was just like a cloud hung over the the house yeah. all day and you know and it was heartbreaking it was just heartbreaking and uh uh we told maggie and she bawled and you know and we held her on the couch for a long time and then we had dinner and uh we invited our close kids the next door and across the street we said hey we're gonna have a little burial service because i had dug a hole out by chewy the dog before dasher and uh we had a little ceremony, you know, super short. I mean, we just prayed and, and I reminded them that God cares even when sparrows fall and loves us even more. And then we went on our business, but it's been, it's just, it's a weird thing. It's weird, you know, and, and this is, this is where being a dad is so good for us dads. And I know you have learned so much, Scott, from being a father. You know, I mean, you just would not be the same person you are now. I've never been a dog person. I can remember when other people would lose a pet. Her neighbor lost her horse. And I'm like, who cares? You need a bulldozer to bury him? You know, or people would talk about losing their dog. And and in my calloused heart, it just never mattered very much. I might have said, oh, I'm sorry. But inside, just since I wasn't a dog person, it didn't affect me too much. And in fact, my oldest two sons, you know, kind of when they heard, they didn't even hardly blink an eye because they, they're like their dad. They don't care. But I just know the day will come. You were known as the heartless Wilsons, weren't you? We are the heartless Wilsons. <laughs> the heartless Wilson boys. <laughs> but I know that one day their child will lose a pet and it will all change. Because it has changed for me. And even when I think of him now, you know, I get choked up. Not because I loved him so much. Or because I was so endearing. He was so endearing to me. But I know he was part of our family. And my kids miss him. And that's really hard. I mean, I I just can't even imagine. You know, this is over a dog. I can't even imagine, you know over a child or, and I, and I know people who've lost two children separately and just young and how devastating that is. On a happy note though, Scott, Henry is, seems like he's growing like a weed. Uh, he's, he's, he's hit the two right, pound he mark. hit the two pound mark. We should have some applause for that. Uh, yeah, it was, that is huge news. And, and he saw uh, cardiologist, I guess yesterday. And they uh-huh. said, it's no big deal that the PDA hasn't closed yet. Everything's fine and yeah. doing what it's supposed to do. So um, awesome. That, it's still, awesome. yeah, I still look at the picture and he's got this, you know, this big mask thing on. Look right. At, I'm looking at it right now. Just, actually, You know, I'm like, how, how is this all okay that it's working like this, but I'm trying to trust that God has him in, in his hand, so. Well, he doesn't always have the mask on, though. No, I mean, he, not always. He had his eyes open, and yep. he looked like a little kid. <laughs> very little. <laughs> oh, very little. He has this stuffed little sheep <laughs> laying next to him, and the sheep is looks like it's as big as he is. Yep. Um, but. But he's doing uh, well. The updates sound like he's yeah. he's gaining ground, and they're forever going to be weighing this kid in grams. Yeah. You know, he's right. like. 
He's 750,000 grams today. <laughs> uh, so they've come a long way. And has it been? How many weeks has it been? Uh, it's February 8th. It's not, not, he's coming in on two months now. Holy man. Wow. Isn't Another that amazing? 10 days or so. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so it feels like it's been two years. <laughs> oh, I bet it has. Yeah. Do you see? Is your wife still there? Uh, she's here with me at the moment. Well, that's good. That's uh, good. William has been off work this month because the when he when this all happened, the judge that he works for was finally like, mm -hmm. um, "Just go on medical leave. I can do that for you." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he's going back to work next week, I think. And that'll be hard because he doesn't live near where they're at, right? Well, they're back at home now, so they're commuting oh. back and forth every day to the hospital. So, wow. Yeah. And how not, far drive is that for them? It, it's about forty minutes. So, oh, yeah. I'm so. not sure how it's going to work when when he goes back to work. That that they're yeah. not sure either. So they're going to figure it out. And my wife may be going back up there to help out. Who knows? Wow. But it sounds like good news. Good I mean, news. the the whole tone of the updates has changed. Uh, yeah. Or you know, it was very dependent on you know people to pray, and they still need people to pray. Yeah. But it it's fun to see good news and excitement being shared, yeah. not just once, but each evening. You know. Yeah, it definitely uh, the tone feels different. Like this, you know, it's headed in a good direction, and chances are good that they'll eventually bring Henry home. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, Abby had, you know, one of those fun days the other day. She had a bout of mastitis and couldn't get medicine oh, yeah. because of the screwy medical system. She mm -hmm. was dealing with all day long. And at one point they told her to just go to the emergency room. And she did. And within about 30 seconds of sitting in the emergency room, realized I can't be here there are sick people all around me. And mm -hmm. when you walk in the NICU, they make you scrub up to your elbows. And right. there's a sign there that says, don't come in here. If you've been near sick people, right. you know, like it's not like she can't be near someone sick and take mm -hmm. a, a little cold into him. Cause he could die. Uh, from that, that could be the know? end. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, anyway, it was, she finally got some medicine. Someone wised up and said, you, you shouldn't do that. She left the ER <laughs> quickly, but yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you That's know, such a, those kind oh, of things that are just uh, yeah. no big deal to the rest of us are all of a sudden huge deals for them at the moment. So, right. Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, uh, I know lots of dads have been praying, so that's good. Yes. We also prayed, uh, last week, I think it was from, for Jimmy Buchillen and, uh, he had a, his prostate removed and I uh, heard a good update that it all looks good. Like they got the margins and I know that's, you know, I guess that's the edges. Everything looks good. So um, I know he's thankful and I'm thankful. We're all thankful for the get good report. And I know dad, you know, every you're, you're going through hard times right now. I know because everybody's going through hard times uh, or you're just busy uh, or you're overwhelmed or, things are going on at, at work and you're not sure. And, but, uh, I hope you know that you don't go through them alone. And even though other people might not know of them, uh, what you're facing, just like the Bible said is common to man, you know, it just, and somehow that's comforting to me. 
You know, I was, Scott, I was thinking about, um, I've been thinking about, you know, just fathering and just how fathering changes. You know, there's like a dividing line somehow when our kids get to a certain point and we say now they're grown up. And I don't know what that line is. And I've been thinking about like how we parent differently before that line and after that line. And I know some dads make that line real distinct. They'll say, you know, when they turn 18, they're out of here. And I always think, why would you do that? You know, because there are a lot of 18 year olds who shouldn't be out of there. And it's a dangerous place to put them. But, you know, there is kind of a, a different way that we deal with them. But our role changes, but it doesn't end. And I've just been thinking about that lately because, you know, I just feel like in those early years, and we're not going to go into this really deep whatever, but I thought, you know, dads, you know, if your kids are still home and they're still on that, this side of the line, you need to keep being the parent. You know, um, and I just saw a post uh, by somebody and, you know, it was there, it was some kind of advice that went out. It was like viral. I can't even remember the whole thing, but the but the point of the advice was basically, it just sounded like millennial advice, you know, something like you'd see on a television show, like, well, son or daughter, whatever you're going to do or be or are, you know, you got to be true to yourself. And it just felt like, is that the kind of parenting that we do nowadays? Mm. You know, um, because they don't need to be true to themselves. They need parents who will parent up and help them through those times. I mean, I, I know you're going through that right now, Scott, with some of your kids, and I'm still there with some of my kids. Um, they need us to stay engaged and to draw lines and to guide them through these things, not just to help them find themselves, you know, because, you know, that's, that's creating a mess because kids aren't sure who they are, but to help them to help them be what God has designed them to be, you know, to fan dreams and to, to correct wrong behavior and to know God. And then, you know, kind of when they cross that line, then it changes differently. I think then we're, you know, then we become not, I don't like the word cheerleader because that's not quite right, but a, you know, we cheer them on. We're, we, we've run the race with them and now they're running on their own and we cheer them on and we give them maybe advice when they ask, but and we give them guidance by the way we behave because, you know, that is so, so important. Uh, I just thought about that even with, with Dasher, you know, and how my kids will see how I respond so that my <laughs> two oldest, when it's their time, they'll know what to do too. And I like that part because I know some of your kids are breaking your heart and they're doing stupid things. And how do you cheer them on? I don't know how you cheer them on, but sometimes you just have to keep your mouth shut. Uh, you know, there's a book out there that says keep your mouth shut and the front door open. I think there's a lot of what wisdom in that um, because you can, you know, uh, I was talking to a, a parent recently and they were just saying how every so often, you know, they get together and they map out what they want for all their adult children, you know, and they, and I'm like thinking in my head, you don't get to decide what you want for your adult children. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're parents, you know, and I'm thinking, what do you sit down and, 
and draw it to their attention how they're failing in certain areas. Um, and I think kind of that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, that can't be a very popular thing for your children. I can't believe they like it or like you for doing it. Um, because we kind of hit that point where we can't say a lot. And I know, you, you know, you're kind of like that right now, Scott, you know, with your daughter, not that she's doing, but you know, as you watch them, you're kind of, your hands are kind of off of everything, aren't they? Oh yeah. It's a whole different thing. And that's hit my wife like a load of bricks because she's been so involved in what's going on day to day. And she's had to remind herself on a number of occasions that this is not her baby. This, you know, <laughs> this is not up to her what happens in everything that they're doing here. And, right. You know, and while she can give a lot of help and coaching and whatever for what Abby needs, it's, it's Abby's the mom. And, right, right. You know, and we're definitely going through that. We have one in college then, and then another one who's getting ready to graduate in the near future. <laughs> so it's like, well, what do you want to do with your life, kid? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you, and, and I don't know, uh, cause I don't know what your parents were like or what Jen's parents were like. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to tell us right now, but you know, we've all come across those parents who just cannot not say something, yeah. you know, they're just always micromanaging their adult children. You know, they get together on Thanksgiving and, and the grown daughter who's 50 years old puts out mashed potatoes and, and the mother who's 75 will say, you might want to put this spoon with it, you know, <laughs> and, and it's just constant. And it really drives me nuts. Like, um, and I don't have any parent who does that, but I, I see it in others. And I think, man, that would just be maddening. Well, that's the perfect example too. Cause that it, it is as minuscule and ridiculous as what spoon as to put out with a salad sometimes, you know? Yeah. Well, even my dad, who's a great dad, you know, I mean, is a great dad. You know, he, he always, whenever I drive with him, he always wants to, he tells me how fast to go or not, you know, be careful, Todd, they'll get you around here, you know? And, and there's, there's something about me that wants to go, I'm 58 years old. If I want a ticket, I'll get a ticket, you know? And I don't know why that rises up in me yes. and it shouldn't, but, and I'll find myself doing the exact same thing to my kids, my adult kids. And, you know, really, I just need to shut up and, <laughs> let my kids get a ticket and then I can sit there beside them and go, ah, you know, I told you, maybe you don't say I told you, but you can think it in your head. And so I know some of you dads are right there right now because it's one thing when it's little. And I think Scott's right. It sometimes is the little things that drive you nuts. And I know certain personalities are not my parents who, whenever you're around them, they tell you how to do everything. Like if you pick up a ballpoint pen, you know, do they still call them ballpoint pens, Scott? Does that sound like an old person? Uh, I think they still do. Okay. <laughs> there are other kinds of pens, gel pens and all that stuff. Now, That's but. true. That's true. Okay. So, I, I mean, by saying, instead of just saying pen, you know, it's like saying, what's your website? And you go, www. Dot. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. So, you know. Uh, when you pick up a pen, they go, oh, you might want to use a pencil or you might like the spoon. And those little things are just constant because it's not just about one thing. It's about everything. And so, dad, if you're that kind of dad, I would work really hard at not 
let your kids make mistakes, let them make big mistakes. You know, and we're not talking about under that line, whatever that line is. I mean, it is your job then. Um, and you still let your, you know, high school kids make some mistakes, maybe not the big mistakes, you know, it's like, I don't care. You're not putting that tattoo on your neck. I know you think that's a great idea, you know, but you're not going to put that tattoo on your neck as long as you're in my house. That's okay to say. In fact, we need parents who will parent, be the parent and say, no, you can't do that. Um, but you know, when your kid gets a certain age, whatever that age might be, and they want to put that tattoo on their neck, I guess we just smile and go, cool tattoo, <laughs> you know, cool tat. And there are even some of those things that are even littler than that. Like just, I mean, I, I did it recently. My, my son has been growing his hair out longer and, uh, there was a phase there where it didn't look that cool. And it was kind of sticking out, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I made some dumb crack about it. I mean, you should get a haircut and hippie. And it kind of—I <laughs> mean, it did hurt his feelings a little, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and it's his hair. It's—it's it's, you know, it's not like it's—he uh, didn't stick a, you know, a ring through his nose. Which even that, it's up to him if he wants to do that. He's an adult now, you know. Like, right, right. But like, hair grows back and it can be cut, and you know. And now it looks cool because it made it through the awkward phase. And I'm like, dang, right. I wish I'd have had the guts to grow my hair like that at one point, you know, like, <laughs> and he's in college. Like right. Right. when are you, when else are you going to do these things? Have fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. And how many of us had odd, long, yeah. <laughs> bizarre looking hair? Sometimes when they, when they wear something weird and they think it looks super cool, I'm like, you know what? I wore indoor soccer shoes and the Miami vice jacket when I was in high school. Okay. Like, but that was a good look. That was a good look. Kinda I got made fun up, of for it, up. you know? <laughs> anyway. I, know it. I know. Why do we forget that Scott? I mean, cause uh, yeah. you know, right now I have a son who would like his hair a little bit longer and it just gets floppy in front of his <laughs> eyes. And, and again, he's, you know, he's 17, just turned 17. And, I'm trying to think if he's 16. I think he's, no, he's 16. He's going to turn. He's just, I keep calling him 17. My wife goes, he's not 17 yet. Um, he's going to be 17. I have to look at the my calendar. Yeah. He's going to be 17 real soon here. Um, you know, and we're like, you can't have that. No, we're not going to do that. And that's okay. But like Scott said, you know, and I'll say, you know, when you're, when you get to whatever age, you can do whatever you want with your hair. And I know, Scott's writer about uh, sometimes we say things that they think it looks cool and we like shove it in their face and say, no, you look stupid. And you think how warm and fuzzy do they feel towards us? Cause you know, that's not their intent. Their intent is so, you know, they'll look good. And I think maybe as a dad, I should say, Hey, that's looking cool. You know, and I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But wouldn't it be a shame if our kids ended up hating us because we didn't like their hair? Yep. I mean, and that's such a stupid thing. To, and, and we think, oh, that won't happen. It does happen. Yeah. You know, it happens all the time. Or at least that's, you know, it's those little things that seem like they amplify and make it feel like it's all the things. I can't do anything that pleases you. Even my hair, I can't even have my hair the way I'd like it because you're, you don't like it. 
you know, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And that may not be true, but sometimes it makes it feel like that. Well, hey, Dad, um, we're out of time. I got to go and get ready. I, thankfully, I don't have a homeschool gym today, PE, but I got to pack up our trailer and start the journey out to Kansas City. You know, I just want to tell you, keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the game. You know, if you're on this side of that line, keep being the parent. It's okay to draw lines. It's okay to say no. In fact, our children need us to say no. But if you're on the other side, you know, keep your mouth shut and, uh, you know, keep smiling, keep the door open. Tell your kids how glad you are that you're their dad and how proud you are of them. And, uh, you know, if you got to, <laughs> you have a go through a dog situation, uh, you know, keep loving your family through those or whatever hard time you're going through. Keep being the dad in the midst of it. Ah, okay. Well, I got to go. Have a great weekend. I hope you're getting some good spring weather. Maybe do something springish. Uh, clean up a little bit outside. Do it with your family. Don't forget to pray for Henry and his mom and dad and his grandparents. Have you landed on a, uh, a grandpa name yet, Scott? Are you? Are you? I'm granddad. Granddad. Oh, granddad. I knew that. Granddad's a good, that's and a good solid name. Jen is now officially Marmy. Marmy. That's yes. a very little womanish thing. It is a little woman thing. Little woman thing. But that's so cool. She even got the license plate. So she's got the, then she, all right. That's yeah, she's so stuck. cool. It's that's her, so she's fun. got Marmy one. If you see a black Toyota Sienna on the road, with Marmy one. <laughs> one, that's us. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was talking to someone this weekend. They were saying that their their mother wanted to be called grandmother. You know, that was it, just grandmother. And the kid said, yeah, yeah. And she goes, instantly became yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's awesome. Well, have a great weekend. Again, do something springy. You know, uh, if you got a dog and you don't like it, be nice to it um, because it may come back and bite you. And do it because you did dad. And that's our show for this week, Dad. Thanks for joining us for the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. If you have a question for the show, email Todd at familyman at familymanweb.com. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at scott at unsocializedmedia.com. Thanks for joining us, Dad. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>